Hi there. Welcome to Take the Stage, the podcast for speakers on the speaking life. We're going to dive into what it means to run a speaker business, how to get booked, how to keep your records, how to create messages that matter and make a difference. I'm Mary Snyder. I'm your host. I'm so excited you're here, and I'm here to help you take the stage. Today on the podcast, we're talking about the power of starting small. I know that may not be exactly what you want to hear, but there is great power in starting small. All right, before we dive into everything we're going to unpack today on the podcast, I want to take a moment and remind you about the Facebook group. You can find it at Take the Stage Speakers. Just do a search for that. I would love to have you over there. It is a community of speakers like you. Speakers who are figuring out this calling, speakers who are out there speaking. We're here to celebrate each other, to encourage each other. I do live coaching in there from time to time. I do workshops. I show up and just encourage. I don't want to say just because encouragement is incredibly important. I would love to have you there. Just search Facebook, take the stage speakers. All right, let's dive in. Today, we're talking about the power of starting small. First of all, let's talk about what starting small means. Last week, we talked about the big stage. And I wanted to do that first because I think that's where all, I know it's where my eyes went. It's where I wanted to be. I wanted to be in that big space. I wanted to be seen, known, a part of that big space. Well, that's not always an option. Let me back up. That is rarely ever an option without starting. It is so rare that a speaker goes from unknown to a large stage. I have seen it happen on two different occasions. And on both of those occasions, it was not good. And let me tell you why. In both cases, these speakers were not prepared They had never spoken before really any audience. The first time they spoke was to a massive, large audience. I'm talking about thousands of people. It was overwhelming. They never had an opportunity to work out their story. They weren't working with a coach. They walked in to a huge room, not having ever stood on even a small stage. Can you imagine how intimidating that was? And I'm just going to be honest with you, in both cases, they were miserable failures. Now, I will say both of them went on. They built good speaking careers. They moved on in their life. But that was a rough start. And I don't want that for you. Here's what I want for you. I want you to understand the power of starting small. So let's talk about what starting small allows. It allows you to learn. It allows you to learn how to handle yourself on stage. It allows you to understand how your unique personality plays out on stage. Because as much as I can teach you about body language, about how to speak from the diaphragm, about the power of pausing, the power of whisper, you have to work out how that feels with you, the way you manage the stage, because the way you manage the stage and the way I manage the stage are going to be two very different things. We can be equally as prepared, 
but it also takes practice. It allows for changing. I always say you have to know the rules to then break the rules. There are some things I do that go against the grain. Now, not everyone agrees with me, and that's okay. I teach you the way that is the most accepted. I teach you how to use your body, how to walk on stage, how to lean in, how to lean out, how to pull away, how to connect. One of the things I do that I do not teach and I do not recommend is I have been known to walk down off of the stage and into the audience. Now, you can only go so far depending on your headset and how you are wired, but I have done that before. I always double check with my AV team to ensure that I can do it, make sure that if I am on a, basically a jumbotron, if I am being projected up on screens, that there is a certain area that they can still see me And the cameras can still pick me up because that can really mess up what they're doing. And I make sure that my headset will connect so many rows back. That is not something I teach because it can be very disconcerting to the audience if you haven't practiced it. I've been doing it for years, so it's something I'm very comfortable with. You'll learn how you can change the way you do things to what works on that stage. Starting small allows you to do that. In a room of 50 or 100 and then 200 and then 300, you will grow with that and you will grow and learn how to adapt to those stages. And starting small allows you to grow. Just like what I just said, you will grow with that. You will grow in your confidence of the stage. You will grow in your confidence of your voice. You will grow in your confidence of your message, whether it's a brand new message or one you've given 15 times. One of the reasons, and there are many, but one of the main reasons I stress a signature message is because I want you to have something that is tried and true, something you've practiced, you've developed, You've massaged, you've made it what it's supposed to be. That is your signature message. And also as a speaker, you may create a new one of those every year. Most speakers do. They have a repertoire, usually each year of two to three messages. They may have a brand new one, one from last year and one from the year before. And they are holding all those, or they may have two new ones. I know one of my speaker friends, she always does two new messages each year. And she then often builds one of them around a book and one of them around something she's currently working on. So those go hand in hand. She continues to give those. So if she shared something she's working on message eight months ago at this church, she's not going to come back now and share it again. She's going to do the new message. So that's the reason of having more than one. So I'm going to go back over those. Starting small allows you to learn, to change, and to grow. The second thing starting small does, or the second series, because these are all going to be series, starting small allows you to build relationships. You're going to build relationships with event planners. Event planners that I met 
10, 15 years ago, I grew with. I saw them go from being just doing a ladies' night out to then I was booking um, events in their church for, you know, a thousand people. Big difference. But we grew up together. We got to know each other. Go to the networking opportunities. And I will tell you, one of those is Lifeway. If you are in the Southern Baptist speaking area, if that is a part of the groups you speak to, they do a women's ministry training every fall. And it is a great opportunity to meet the women who are out there booking the speakers. Now, I'm going to tell you, don't go there and start spamming them, but go to learn, go sit in on those workshops, understand what their struggles are and how you can serve them. Build relationships with the event planners and with other speakers. That's why I love our Take the Stage group, because I've seen relationships build. They've gotten to know each other. People are on each other's podcasts. They've done events together. There is a great opportunity for fellowship and relationships within the Take the Stage group. And there's hundreds of other places in the virtual space. But also when you can go live to a event, a conference, a speaker opportunity, a speaker conference, go get to know your fellow speakers. I was just on the phone with a friend today And she is in a season to where her mother-in-law is very, very, very ill and in hospice care. And she said, well, I've got some opportunities this week. And I said, do you have backup? And she was like, huh? I said, get backup. Because of the type of speaker she is, I said, you know your audience and what they're expecting of you. Get two or three people, contact them, see if they're available And just ask them to be on backup because they're not going to get booked probably in the next week or two. Maybe they will. That's why I said two or three. And if she has to pull out at the last minute, she can say, I have to pull out. But my friend, Speaker Sue over here, is going to be able to fill in for me if that works for you. You always give them the option. But that way, if we have to step out because of death in the family, you have someone to refer them to. Always great. Now, we don't always get that opportunity. We don't always know something's going to happen. And in that case, you don't worry about it. But if you know that there's a possibility you'll have to cancel something, having those types of relationships are so important. Connections. Now, connections are different than relationships. Connections are, maybe it's an event planner. I mean, you can have a relationship with an event planner. You can also have a connection. Maybe it's someone you know that her husband's on staff at a church and they've just moved and they're on staff at a really big church now. Maybe you're not friends, but that's a connection. And again, you're not wanting to take advantage of that, but know the difference. Know what is a relationship, someone you can call on, a friendship, and a connection. A connection is someone you've likely done business with or can do business with. And then starting small also builds your skill. You grow your talent. You hone your craft. Starting small, you're able to work on your message. You can use platforms like this, a podcast, or a live on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, 
to get used to being that storyteller, to tell the story in present tense. It's one of the things that most all speakers struggle with is telling the story as it is happening. We tend to want to tell everything in past tense, but telling the story as it happens. Starting small is easier than starting big. Starting small allows you to grow. It allows you to figure out what is your secret sauce? What is your superpower? When I started speaking, I would have told you my superpower was I was a Bible teacher. Now, let me say, I love teaching God's Word. I love leading Bible study. I've written Bible studies. I love teaching the Word of God. Now, you give me six weeks, an hour a week, and we're going to dig in together. We're going to roll up our sleeves. I'm going to engage with you. We're going to have conversation in our group, and I'm comfortable teaching in front of you. But when I step onto a platform with a group that I'm only going to be with one time for 45, 55 minutes, I'm not a Bible teacher. When I step into that place, I'm a storyteller. I'm a humorist. Now, it's always going to have Jesus in it and around it and through it. But when I step onto the stage, I'm a different speaker. I'm not the Bible teacher. This is how I learned that. I would teach my Bible study because I taught Bible study for years, every week, faithfully. And then I would go speak. And usually we had either a Sunday night study or a Tuesday study. So, and sometimes I did both. Sometimes I did Sunday night and I did Tuesday morning, maybe the same, the same study. And I would go speak on the weekends and I would try to take pieces of what we were doing and make a message out of it. Well, first of all, I was trying to pack a six to eight week Bible study into a 40 minute message. People would sit in the audience and look like I was feeding them from a fire hose. It was just overwhelming for them. And then I would throw in things like I was trying to be Beth Moore. Like in the Greek, it says this word means if you look at the root value and people were literally, it was like deer in headlights. So I stopped. It took a while. I'm going to be honest. We didn't stop immediately. And I decided just to be me. And the reason I decided that is a group booked me again. And I thought, well, I've already done the whole Bible teaching. And so I went and I told stories. I told stories about being a speaker. I told stories about being a mom, being a believer, being a woman of faith. And I wrapped it all around what it means to be a woman of God and walk out this faith as a friend. And if you've listened to me, you've heard me tell the story of how I teach from the life of the calling of Peter. That was what I did. I still used a Bible story. But you see, I started small, so I got to unpack that. If I had started on a huge stage and tried to cram a six-week Bible study into a 40-minute message, and I probably wouldn't have even gotten 40, it would have been more like 30, I would have never been invited back again. There is power in starting small. Embrace your power. All right, you have a great rest of your day. I will see you over on the Facebook group. Bye for now. Thank you for spending your time with me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, you will find links in the show notes, and those can be found wherever you're listening to this. 
or at TakeTheStagePodcast.com. I'm Mary R. Snyder, and as always, I am here to help you craft a message that matters and take that message to the stage. Until next week, have a good one.